as I look around the room, I'm hugely different from you guys, and I recognize that. Do you know something? When I walk into a room, one of the first things I notice is the issue of color. I look at the issue of culture. So I, I've noticed already a number of people that are not Canadian. And it's something that I have done all my life. And I actually enjoy doing it now, whereas before it was something that was a bit of a burden on me. Why am I sharing this with you? Because I want to talk to you about something that I think can be a gift to our community, to our world that is in chaos right now. And it's the gift of knowing, understanding, and dealing with differences. In fact, I believe the passage we read of John, in John is a beautiful, it's my favorite uh, passage. I always start with this at the beginning of Advent. I love this passage. It's poetic. It's beautiful. It talks about a creator God that was so different from us in every way possible. Coming into a world knowing of the difference and saying, I'm willing to come and reside with people who not only are going to be different from the way I think, the way I act, but they are going to reject me. And I'm going to live with them, I'm going to love them, and I'm going to transform the world because I understand how to deal with difference. So I, I'm going to encourage you to uh, stop saying this one phrase that I've heard. Not all of you say it, but I'm going to ask you not to do this. Please don't talk about when you're dealing with people of color. Don't say that you're colored. God did not create me black and you white or Chinese or different colors or different ethnicities so that we could be colorblind. God created us in different ways so that we could love and appreciate. And if I can say, accentuate the beauty of each one of us. You are not to ignore that I'm a male if you're female. I'm not to ignore the beauty of females and the beauty of the wholeness of how God created females. But I'm also not to overpower. I'm not to take advantage of. I'm to appreciate and walk alongside. So I'm going to talk to you guys a wee bit for a few minutes about differences if I can. I wanted to leave you with two thoughts. I believe that Jesus... The light of the world came into the world for two reasons. First, the first is to eradicate darkness. Every place that as a male, I have hurt a female. Every single place, whether in my thought life, in my hand life, in my power life, every way that I have placed myself up and against females, God has come by his light to eradicate that. But also, God came into the world to accentuate the beautiful differences. I'm going to use the example of my wife and I as an example. My wife and I are extremely different. John and Catherine, in fact, I say that they were matchmakers because the two weeks uh, that I went to Toronto and went to their church, John was uh, working at the church at the time in Toronto, uh, they got Fern and I together. Fern and I did not really like each other. <laughs> we are as different as different can be from uh, skin color to extrovert, introvert, to the way we think, the way we do things, everything. And yet I can stand here today and say that 20 years later, we are very much in love. We are learning what love is all about. And we are still learning 
how to understand each other. Let me give you an example. Just this past couple of weeks, we took a couple of days off and we were painting our house. We were doing all these renovations. Our kitchen looks beautiful. I was away in conference on the weekend, came back, and Fred had done a bit more work on the ceiling. And she said to me, because we both agreed that the light fixtures needed to be changed, and so she said to me, what do you think about changing light fixtures? I said, great idea. What do you think? She said, well, I've got some ideas. I've been looking at that. What do you think should be there? I said, ah, doesn't matter. But let's not have anything hanging. Fern laughed, because everything she thought about was hanging. <laughs> she wants something hanging just like this, and I want something buried, so I look on my head. Every decision we make sometimes feels like we are coming from opposite ends. So the question for you to answer for Fern and I, did we make a mistake because we're not compatible? Or are we complementary because of our differences? Is God actually accentuating who we are, the differences, allowing us to learn how to love more deeply, listen more clearly, lay aside some things for the sake of the other? Is God trying to accentuate each of us so that we complete each of us? I believe God came into the world for two reasons. One, to eradicate all the darkness. So I am not asking anybody to stay and live in abusive relationships. Absolutely not. God came to eradicate all of that. Whether it be a, a race issue, whether it be a gender issue, whether it be a whatever you want issue out there. God came to eradicate all abuse, all violence. But God also came on the same level to accentuate the beauty of each one of us, to complete us so that there wouldn't be church splits over music. Why? Because even though they played my favorite song and changed those words, I realized and I appreciate it, and I'm being serious, it was my favorite song. You guys changed those words, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm telling you, there have been church splits over this guy. No, I'm being serious. There have been church splits over the change of words in favorite songs. Because we don't know how to appreciate, how to appreciate the expression of another. I grew up in a world, I'm going to be more personal, this is not theological, I'm hoping it's God's word, but I'm going to be personal because I think this needs the personal if I'm going to talk about differences. I grew up in, as a black man, that's sort of obvious, I hope. <laughs> that didn't change. <laughs> grew up in Toronto. I was adopted. Adopted into a white family. So my whole family, my parents are white. My parents adopted six of us who were from different nationalities. And we grew up in Toronto. I basically grew up in the white area of Toronto. Every single day I knew I was different. Every single day. Every single day. And I, I don't want to say this to put you guys at it, unease, okay? Or maybe I should. Maybe, maybe you need to be. But I, I'm not trying to guilt. This is not a black guilting the way. I am tired of that conversation. I can tell you equal stories of being in black groups. In fact, Fern and I were at York University. I studied at York University. Fern was uh, doing a course with me there, and it was a night course. We went into this uh, course called Colonialism, and it was mostly black people, and it was incredible the incredible hurt and hatred of black against black. 
and black against white. So this is not a guilt trip over on white people. Okay, please hear me clearly. But as I tell the story, it might push some buttons, folks. I've got to be honest with you. I grew up in a white community, and I knew every single day that I was different. What is the sad thing about that is not that I knew I was different, that I was not settled with who I was. In other words, I didn't want to be black in a white community. And that is sad, because God was not asking me to change my color of skin. He was actually asking me to let him accentuate who I was as a man of color, as a male, as a person who loved music. You know, I used to hide when I got together with my black friends, I used to hide the fact that I played, played cello. Why? Because cello didn't seem to be the black thing to do. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? I played cello beautifully to some degree. Can you imagine hiding a beautiful gift because I'm not settled with who I am? We need, as people, to ask the question, where in our relationships, where personally, do we need God to come in and know that he's brought the light to eradicate darkness in our lives because we're all fallen people? The word became flesh. And he came to bring light to those dark places and eradicate the darkness. But he also came to allow the light to show off the glory of God in us. The beauty that's each one of us. Where in your life do you need to allow God permission to eradicate the darkness and yet also accentuate the beauty? I want to just to take us through very quickly. As I said, this is not a theological, so very personal. So I just want to take you very quickly to some areas that I see um, in this passage that deals with both, okay? But I want you to think, as you listen to the account of Jesus and your account, think personally. I want you to think about your neighborhood. If we're people called to live in our neighborhoods, where in our neighborhoods where we put up fences, where do those fences need to come down? Because God is trying to eradicate darkness, but accentuate the beauty. Church, I want you to think about church. That's the third one. Our churches are fractured folks. I don't care whether you're talking about denominationally. I don't care whether you're talking about the fact that you know, black churches aren't connecting with white churches. Whatever you want to talk about, our churches are broken churches. Our churches are churches that are split. Our churches are per churches that are growing only because people are going from one church because they're so disappointed with the last church. You know, we're not growing because we're bringing light into the community of people that don't know God. Our growth, unfortunately, often is simply people who are disgruntled because they can't deal with difference. So where in our church is God trying to eradicate the darkness? And where is he trying to create this incredible beauty of difference? And finally, our world. It's interesting that we can be in 2016, moving into 2017, and we're still dealing with some of the major, major, major issues of brokenness and fracture and hatred amongst people. So as you listen to this passage, what is God saying to you? Okay, I want to show you a couple of differences that we see in this passage. First, I want to talk about the difference between the divine and humanity. John's passage begins by accentuating just how different we are of the created, the human, and the divine. He says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, 
and that life was the light of all mankind, all people. Right at the very beginning, John is saying, this divine person, this Jesus that's coming into the world, he is going to come and he is supposed to be different. He is supposed to be different. He is different. He's the one that created us. And we can't touch that. We are, we are supposed to become Christ-like, but we will never boast about being the created one. The one who creates, I mean. There's only one God. This beautiful God who creates so beautifully. And, God, and John sets him up in the passage to say, He, the divine, is different than all of anything, everyone you have ever seen in your life. John also talks about the difference of divine and humanity when he says in verse 7 and 8, he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. He himself is not the light. He can only be a witness to the light. Again, John makes sure the readers know that there is a vast difference with his own godliness. And the one he continued to point to, the Savior of the world. The one that could actually redeem every bit of darkness that was there. There's also a difference between the kingdom of heaven and our community. This true light came into the world. And it says, and, and different versions say it differently, but it says the world did not comprehend, the world could not extinguish the light. I love all of the ways that we want to interpret this, because like, I think all of them are right. On one level, Jesus the light of the world. We know that light, darkness cannot extinguish light. As soon as light comes into darkness, the room lights up. We also know this, that the darkness doesn't comprehend. It's so different than the light. It can't make sense of this light. It's so new. It's kind of like when you're blinded, right? You know, light's great, but it's not great when it's just blinding in your eyes. You go, oh, my goodness, you can't see a thing. You can't sort of comprehend what's around you. And in some ways, that is our first introduction to Jesus. He is so different than what the world offers, what we offer in our lives. His whole way of being, his whole way of living is so, so different. That the world actually doesn't comprehend it. And the world even will reject this beautiful light, we're told in this passage. Moves into our neighborhood, but his own won't even receive him. Now, I don't know if it was a physical thing, you know, we've got that passage in Isaiah, I can't remember where it is, but it talks about this picture of Jesus that was, was sort of someone that we would never ever sort of engage in terms of beauty, right? And it seems to be physical, but I think there's also just the character of his beauty, like the, the type of things that he did where he forgave so easily. The types of things where he knelt beside the rejected and picked them up so quickly. That is so foreign to our world, isn't it? We get so caught up in, in who we are because of our brokenness. We get caught up in, well, should I, do I have the time? But Jesus was always willing to do the right thing. This is the beauty of Jesus that is so foreign in our world. But here's the good news. Jesus said, and John says that he came into the world, and anybody that believes in him, anybody that takes on this light, 
He transformed, and then he allowed to participate in a world of bringing light into the darkness. Beauty in the darkness. I want to ask you again, the question really I'm considering for myself is, where in my life, Gavin, where are the places of darkness? Where have I separated myself, put walls up? And Jesus has come to eradicate that darkness. Where in, in my relationship with other people have I separated myself from difference? I've said enough, I'm not going to deal with that person, they're just too different for me. It's not a fit anymore. And where has Jesus come and said, no, hold on a minute, no, 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 I, I actually brought you together because of your difference, because you complete each other. The question is, am I willing to listen to that? Listen, I've got to move on because I know lunch is at 12.30, so I can talk forever, and I don't want to do that. I want to tell you a couple of quick stories, and then I want us to just move into an exercise of maybe this Christmas actually making a difference. I'm going to ask John to light this candle here. I want to do an exercise that maybe encourages us to take our Advent and our Christmas even more seriously, where we can believe that we can enter into the light and give Jesus permission to eradicate some of the darkness around us and to deal with the difference and accentuate the differences between us. I want to tell you a couple of stories of why I think this can work. The first story is a really funny story. It's a, fun, it's a funny story because I was with my son at a, at a little, uh, in a little park and we were just playing there. And this girl in the stand, it was a beautiful park in Toronto. Anybody that says that Toronto is not a friendly place, it is. It's a great place. I love Toronto. I grew up there. Okay, <laughs> I was in this park with my little boy. He's a little wee one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old, yeah. With that. And anyway, we're playing at this at the sandbox, right? And this little girl, white girl, if you don't mind me saying that, with her dad, white dad, comes and starts playing. And as we're playing, the dad and I, sort of, you know, the adult thing is, how are you doing? We don't talk much. But the, the kids start just yapping away, you know, in their little one and a half to two year old voices. And all of a sudden, this girl stops and looked at my little light brown skinned boy and says, Who's that? pointing to me. My little boy says, My daddy. A little bit of time. Why is he a different color than you? My son looks at me, looks at her, and he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> and then he went on playing. Why do I tell that story? Why is that an important story? Because kids know difference, and they're curious. They're inquisitive. She was not being mean. This was not a bullying issue. She was being curious. She wanted to know how this life worked of difference. And she liked it. And it kept on playing. That's a good story. Here's a sad story. It's a story of one of my ministry opportunities. It was a great ministry opportunity. And things were going well in terms of ministry. What was not going well was a separation of another pastor and myself disagreements with how to do things, how we thought we were very, very different. In some ways, we were very, very much the same. <laughs> we were very stubborn. <laughs> Sadly, we never dealt with our differences. We didn't appreciate, and so we parted ways. And I'll tell you right now, I, I went to another church with a sense of calling, and yet I knew I was going away from a church with unsettled business, and we were leaving not because God had called me away, 
but because we couldn't deal with our differences. About two years after that, we were, I was at a conference in Moncton. It was called the Colors of Ministry Conference. And lo and behold, this pastor was also at this conference. And they do this thing where they separate people based on your who you are. Like if you're, you know, sort of the color of green or, or whatever. And you're separated and it was this big church and just a lot of people. And lo and behold, I'm over here. And this other pastor is right across. And that means we are totally opposite. And the encouragement that the leader gave us was this. They said, okay, I want you to look across and see who is your opposite. And then he challenged us with this. He said, we're going to go for lunch. I'm going to challenge you. Pick someone who you are opposite with and sit with them for lunch. And just talk. And this pastor and I looked at each other and we nodded. And we sat for an hour. And we apologized to each other because we said, it's only because we couldn't deal with how different we were that we are still not working together. See, that's what God can do. I think that God brought light. And he had to do some stuff of eradicating our way of thinking, right? That was our brokenness that spoke into we can't work because we're different. But he also accentuated the beauty of our differences where we were able to say, do you know something? Here is your strength. Here's what you bring into ministry. Imagine our churches that are willing to do that. For those of you who are going into ministry, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing in the school? I remember being at OBC, so I know what it means to be in theological school. I went to Wycliffe College in Toronto, U of T. I know what it means to have so many differences theologically and everything else in these Christian schools. Would you allow this Advent to be the place where you allow God to enter in and eradicate some of those places of darkness in yourself and in others? And would you be a people that would allow God to show you the beauty of those who are so different from you? That's really what I believe this passage is asking us. As Jesus says, I come into this world and I bring life, not death. What would that look like? I'm going to stop there. There's so much more I could share with you about my life or even this passage. But I want us to take a few minutes. Do we have time, John, for for a few minutes. I want to do a simple thing. I've given you a pink sheet. And I'm going to say four words. And on this pink sheet, here's what I'd like you to do. You don't have to do it. I'd like you to consider one person in your family. I really want to make it personal. One person in your family where there is this huge gap. And the first part is where the darkness is in that, in that relationship. One person where there's a huge gap because of darkness. And maybe it's the same person or a different person where there's a gap because of simply differences. We just don't think the same way. And I'd like you to write that down, and we're writing that down as if we're saying we're giving this to God. So just take a minute to, to think about that. I've taken up a lot of time, so I'm going to move us through this. My apologies about that, Joe.
Secondly, I want you to think of your neighborhood. Where in your neighborhood is there this gap because of darkness? And where in your neighborhood is this, there a gap just because there's differences? That might be a harder one, but I just, just think through that. Where you live. Where's their brokenness? There's brokenness for sure. And where is it because of, of difference? Thirdly, I want to think you think of the church. What do you need to pray into the church about the brokenness of our churches? And where do you need to pray in and ask God to take over where there are these splits and, and just issues because of difference? Finally, I wanted you to think of our world. We're people that are called to be light in our world. Jesus said that in Matthew. First of all, we're told that Jesus is the light of the world, and then Jesus turns that over to us. Those that say, I believe in you, I believe in your power. We're the light of the world. The world is looking at us. The world is looking at the way we do family, and the way we do neighborhood, and the way we do churches. Where in the world are they going to get an image of Jesus? if we're not willing to name in the world the places of brokenness and the places of difference. So just write something down about the world, about the brokenness in the world, but also accentuating the differences in our world. I know I haven't given you a lot of time, and you may want more time, Here's what I would like you to do. We're going to ask you to keep this, this sheet. But as we sing, and because of our time, I'm going to just move us into the worship song. Um, so they're going to sing. You can sing, but I'd like to invite you to either sit and just reflect on this through the song, holding this sheet, asking God to take these names, and then to show you how you can be light in this. And if you want, if you want to make a symbol, a light, and I've put different colors, and it means nothing other than they're different colors. Because that's who I am. If you want to take a light and remind yourselves this Advent, that you've committed these names to God, that you're willing, and maybe it's going to be a hard thing, and maybe it won't be the, you know, all the steps you want to take, but you're willing to lay this before God in such a way that somehow His light is going to shine through you. I want to encourage you to come with this paper and take this light back with you. I need to make a little caveat because I don't want to get sued. You have to put these lights in a jar. I don't want you to burn down the buildings, okay? But will you do that with me? Take some time just as we finish off here. We're going to just sing this song, and I'm just going to flow right into our benediction and, and uh, lunch, okay? Would you just take some time to pray? And if you want, take a look.